If you are ready to live grounded in a deeper sense of life's purpose, meaning, and direction, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Transform Your Life, a Unificationist podcast brought to you from our studio in Westchester County, New York, 15 miles north of New York City. We share insights and talk with knowledgeable guests on how to cultivate positive mental health and emotional well-being in the midst of cultural confusion and social unrest. And now, here are your hosts, Jack and Idris. Good evening, Dr. Kone. Hey, Jack. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's great to see your face again on Zoom. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's good to see you too. The closest I hope thing you had to a wonderful week. What was that? I hope you had a, you had a wonderful week, right? Yeah, thank you. I've had a good week. Thank you. It's great to see. You. This is the next best thing to being live. The Zoom technology is, does it again for us. Yep. Very good. Well, uh, you and I were uh, talking in preparation for the show this week. Want the listeners to know if they're tuning in for the first time, this is a show called Transform Your Life, The Unification View. And this podcast seeks to help ground you, ground you in a deeper sense of life's meaning, purpose, and direction. And it focuses on positive mental health and emotional well-being. Correct. And we, we, we take a look at our, our current culture and see what's going on. And then we apply the unification view into cultural issues and problems that may be being experienced. And last week, we, we had talked about uh, addictions a little bit. We touched on it briefly in episode three. So we decided during the week that we wanted to go more deeply into that. So tonight's topic will be a closer look at addiction and recovery. Correct. So you wanted to, so I'd like you to start off with uh, sharing with your listeners how you frame this whole issue, how you see it, yeah. and uh, we can kind of take off from there. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, well, <clears throat> uh, first, uh, first of all, I think it's good to to have like some kind of, uh, um, I would say maybe some kind of uh, general definition of what um, addiction might, you know, is. Uh, that's the that's the first thing that I want to look into, and and after that we can actually talk about a little bit about recovery, uh, mm-hmm. what recovery means, um, and and uh, and then we can get into actually the way it is perceived. I mean the way it is perceived and how unification view can be applied into that. I think that's that's maybe um, a better approach for our um, um, listener to actually see where we're heading. Sure, so, sounds so good. All, yeah, first of all, when you look at addiction in general, um, so um, it's mostly, the way it is defined, it's mostly uh, related to um, somebody having some kind of um, uh, compulsive psychological need for, for use of um, or substance. It's usually linked to substance, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, either you have there all kind of substance like uh, you know heroines and and um, you know alcohol and and, and all and, and so on. And uh, the real nature of of, of addiction is um, you know you 
when you get into it, you can actually by yourself uh, get rid of it. You need some kind of intervention. And in the intervention, um, you know, that's where recovery come into, into place. So recovery, intervention to recover so that you can actually go back to your original state, okay? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's not considered to be something that you were born with, um, but it's something that you learn, and it's a habit. It's, it's something that is a habit forming, okay? And then um, you need to go back to normal later. So that's the process of recovery. Now, <clears throat> uh, based on that, um, you know, let's look at a little bit uh, the unification perspective on that. For, first of all, when we talk about unification, people need to understand that we're looking into um, how the principle, the divine principle, which is the fundamental teaching of the unification faith actually present human beings. So one thing that is very important for us to know that human beings um, have, you know, for, of course, a physical dimension, right? We all know that this is abuse, that we all have this physical dimension. Mm-hmm. But we also have what we call an emotional dimension. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then even to add, we can actually add a small plus into that in extension to a, to a social emotional dimension, which means, you know, my relationship with people around me mm-hmm. and my relationship with, with actually nature and things, that's social emotional. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and this is not new, by the way. This is actually part of the literature in psychology and, and other area, you know, other fields like theology. And you have a you also have what we call a, a mental dimension. Okay. Or you know, we can link that to the intellectual world, the world of thinking, the, the world of thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna come back to that specific one because when um based on my analysis this is really where the issue begins okay the realm of thought mm-hmm. and there's one dimension that people don't talk about it much don't talk much about it it's called the spiritual dimension because it is not usually um practical and it's not uh, logical it's in, it's you know tend to be in a realm of uh beyond logic mind Mm -hmm. okay so by actually presenting that that picture of a human being in society that help us understand about what addiction does to people okay Mm -hmm. what addiction is really affecting what part of human beings addiction is affecting Mm -hmm. so the first one is thought and emotion and also it goes to it can go to biological like physical mm-hmm. so as you can see i mentioned those three areas right. but i'm mentioning one of them that's the spiritual dimension mm-hmm. and for is from from a unification perspective unless people understand that dimension it will become very hard for them to actually be able to control the the other part of it we use a terminology that is very Unification, they would talk about mind and body unity, um, you know, loosely. But coming back to the point, to my point is, uh, we can actually uh, understand 
addiction if we understand how it is playing in human mind or if you want thought and emotional uh, aspect of it and then the, the behaviors, the physical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. so there's a whole train there. Right. So I'm going to just, just kind of an introduction to present that I know it's very philosophical maybe, uh, <laughs> but I think it's great for people to understand that picture. Then when we get deeper, then we can understand what is really happening. Yeah, I agree with it. I think, uh, yeah, of course, spirituality and spiritual is, is, I think in our current culture, it's kind of a loaded word. It, mm -hmm. it has, it, it, it may have a, a different meaning to people who are talking about it, but I think in the context of how you're uh, contextualizing it here, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ken Wilber talks about this in his book on integral theory about the spiritual line of development. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is characterized by how one defines their deepest values. Mm -hmm. What are their deepest concerns? Yeah. And how do these things connect them? Mm -hmm. to themselves and their relationships with other people and the world. Exactly. And, 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 how, and, and how this connects them to a sense of something larger than themselves. Sometimes it's called the ultimate, some people ultimate reality, ground of being, God. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so I think you're, you're, you're in this discussion, that's kind of your, your understanding of the word uh, spiritual Spirituality that's, in that. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. and, yeah. And, uh, and you can add to into that mm -hmm. um, um, the interpretation you do with um, that reality too. Mm -hmm. you know, right. That, that ultimate reality, and and sometimes the you know things that happen that you have no clear uh, logical understanding of, and how do you cope with that? Yes. How do you cope with it. Yeah, so I think that uh, yeah, I I think that's an, an expansion of that definition. Yeah. So it's a sense of a, 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 a meaning. We talked about this also in uh, our last episode. The sense of meaning and purpose and direction that an individual gives to their life mm -hmm. and their relationships with others. Yeah, like what is what is the meaning making going on in that person's mind and their thinking about how they're connected to themselves. Yeah. and how their life is connected in relationships to people around them. It's another exactly. aspect of spirituality, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For example, you, uh, you, you, go, you get fired from your work, right? Right. Um, and, um, and you're trying to, in, to make an interpretation of what is, hap what is happening. Uh, it can sound like an injustice from you, but also if you flip around and look at the other side of the coin, mm -hmm. you can probably see something beautiful that life might be teaching you or leading you toward. So yeah. that's also a spirituality. It's, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I think it's, it's really important because in Matthew Fox, he's a contemporary author of 35 books. He's been working his whole life to integrate spirituality with ancient, uh, ancient Western traditions and contemporary science. And uh, one of the things that he says is that uh, a culture where mm -hmm. young people are not given any method for self-transcendence, mm -hmm. substance abuse and addiction are assured. 
So this gets back to the aspect of spirituality where one has a meaning and purpose for their life That's right, that goes beyond just their own self. They're connected with something larger. In this. So uh, Matthew Fox is saying, if young people are giving no method for that they can connect themselves with something larger than themselves in their lives, it's almost assured that those people will get into some kind of addiction. Great. So that aspect of spirituality. Yeah, that's such a, it's a great line from yeah. him. Great, great line for me. Mm -hmm. I think he nailed the issue mm -hmm. uh, very clearly that what is really going on with our society, what that culture, mm -hmm. well, what is happening here, the people are looking into meaning into their own life. Why, who, who am I and why do I exist? I think we talked a little bit about it last time. Mm -hmm. um, and where can I find something that will be self-fulfilling? Okay. So we try, people start thinking that, oh, you mm -hmm. know, because I'm not clear about who I am, so maybe I should seek that somewhere else outside of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, right? So, though, so there is no purpose. Like, okay, I probably need um, alcohol, mm -hmm. you know, in a consistent basis to feel that sense of, you know, satisfaction, internal mm -hmm. satisfaction, internal joy, internal happiness. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or I need uh, to chase that girl there. So that, you know, when I have sex, you know, and then it will be self-fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Or I need to actually try and smoke weed and then he will help me. And eventually it gives you some kind of satisfaction actually. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't last long. Yeah. You see where the trick is. Mm -hmm. So then you want more mm -hmm. and more and more and more. And then you get into it. Yeah, and I th I think uh, in in terms of spirituality, yeah, and looking at addiction in the unification view, we we assert that human life is people are seeking, people want to experience joy, yeah, and they and fulfillment, and they want to be happy. Exactly. And also that uh, you know there there are different views about whether or not there's anything wrong with human beings. We, we touched on this briefly uh, last time as well. Yeah. Uh, the modern understanding of man uh, from the Enlightenment period on is, is really one in which there's the conflict that people are, uh, that human beings experience in themselves has been really addressed since the Enlightenment in three ways. It's been evolutionary biology. Yeah. Like people, people, if people aren't finding happiness and, and, and people aren't be, being able to live in peace or they're conflicted in themselves, evolutionary biologists tell us the reason why that is is because we have these, we're, there's kind of like a little bit of the savage beast left in us, left over from our animal days. This is yeah. what makes us people who, who maybe are not really together. You yeah. know, may, maybe we're, we're not really nice to ourselves. We're, we're maybe we want to fight. We want to, you know, have conflict. We want to have war. Yeah. And then Freud in psychoanalysis, Freud said that what's wrong with people is that the reason why they're messed up is because they, they're repressing instinctive desires that go underground in their subconscious. And this makes their soul very sick. So this, mm -hmm. is the, so this, this conflicts them. Yeah. And then we have Mar Marx came with communism or socialism 
And he's saying that actually human nature is just that it's human nature is the expression of people working together by making things and then having a relationship between the person who makes them and the person who owns the company. So it's mm -hmm. all about setting up the proper social structure so that mm -hmm. the right relationship between, although if that's not set up properly, then people are going to be conflicted. They're not going to be happy. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, going, they're, they're, they're not going to find fulfillment, and this is yeah. going to make them do things. So a unification view, uh, you know, also looks at, it, it, it establishes that yeah, everybody wants happiness and fulfillment, but people are in conflict, you know, yeah. and, and even in Buddhism, they talk about people being in conflict in their mind, like they're not thinking in their mind, right? Yeah. And so it's about... Yeah, this is a very good point that you're making. I mean, there, those are philosophical, you know, views, right? But these, um, these are philosophical, but they've, they've driven, actually, they, these, these views are adopted by people. They, they, they actually take it very seriously. Yeah, and this, this, this affects the way in which they give meaning to their life. Exactly. And sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, one, one thing that is clear, you know, they're not all wrong. Okay, right. they're just mm -hmm. attacking one aspect of yes. the issue. You I think know, you're right, that, yeah. That's, that's what makes the beauty of, the, of unificationism. Correct. Those is actually bringing philosophical view into, um, into, in, into an integration. So, but if you look at well, all these philosophical views that I actually take some time to read some of them, mm -hmm. you will see that, you know, um, you know, some of them actually focus on the fact that society makes people like hubs, like society makes people the way they are, okay? Right. So, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's true to a certain extent. If right. you're in an environment mm -hmm. where, um, if you live in a, in a consuming society, mm -hmm. it's going to be much, very hard for you to actually withdraw yourself from it. Mm -hmm. And if you are born in a family where addiction is, per, you know, comes sometime, somehow, very um you know it's part of the, the part of the habit it's mm -hmm. gonna be likely that you get into it so that's the societal aspect of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what we usually call nurture but right. there's another yeah. part of it that is called nature which is the struggle within mm -hmm. every human being you know that right. you were mentioning earlier mm -hmm. uh, also that you know, in a biological biological aspect, there is a there is a deep internal struggle in human beings mm -hmm. that we always think like, why am I internally struggling? I mean, and that mm -hmm. doesn't depend on where you are rich or poor, um, you know, Africans or not, or European or American. There is you're still going through that condition. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that those two nurture and nature are true. Actually, they're part of. Um, you know, our, you know, makeup. And yeah. that also can actually facilitate the fact that we can actually easily get into addiction. Very important. Because, I mean, because, it, because the, the, the nature part is when you are lonely, mm -hmm. okay, and then you don't know what to do with your loneliness, mm -hmm. which is different but being alone, then you will start seeking something outside. I, I want to share quickly a story sure. about a young lady that I was coaching mm -hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. And she's, uh, she's struggling in her marriage, and she, uh, she's in Africa, actually. She's struggling in her marriage. She, she's been married for many years, but her husband is very violent. And, mm -hmm. and, um, <clears throat> and then she, she, every time she's, she goes into her lowest place, mm -hmm. 
into her lowest place where she doesn't know what to do. The first thing she does, all her money, she will go get all her money and go do shopping. Ah, interesting. She can, yeah. she can actually spend um, more than $500, $1,000 into, into clothing, clothes. Wow. And, and, then, and then I ask her, when you do that, is that solve the problem? She say, yeah, solve the problem, but I go back like a week later or two, I'll go back to the same place again. And I say, if you need, if you, if you need more of something, then that is not the solution to it. If you need more Tylenol to take care of your, your, your headaches, then it's not the solution. So you're getting addicted to it, thinking mm-hmm. that it will solve the deeper issue of loneliness and sadness and pain, but it won't. And this is the real issue with addiction too. Yes. And, yeah. And one thing that most of these people sometimes forgot, people who support the, the, the society aspect of it, the mm-hmm. nurture aspect of it, and people who uh, forget the nature aspect of it, the struggle within, struggle within each, each one of us, is what we call free choice, mm-hmm. free will, that we have some potential to make different choices every day to a point that it can actually transform our behavior. Very, very important point, yeah. And <laughs> that in itself, that's where we need to actually focus on. I think I, the spiritual dimension yeah. make better choices. Yeah. Now going back briefly, just to uh, reinforce one of the points you just made just a second ago. Uh, most uh, professionals who are involved with helping addicts yeah. recover, they find that if a person has a grandparent that's an alcoholic, yeah. the individual is four times greater, four times more likely that he will become addicted. Wow. If both parents are addicted, the chances are eight times greater. Yeah. And even some ethnic groups are, are more susceptible than others to, yeah. say, for example, the alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one, one gentleman who's been in this area working for 20-plus years, he said one of the first questions he asks any students he has in the recovery program is, is there a history of alcoholism or addiction in your biological family? Mm-hmm. And he said that 98.9% of the time, the answer is yes. So some people get addicted. Some people, you know, drink alcohol or some people watch a pornographic movie or some people take a drug and they don't get addicted, but yeah. some people do. So, this another thing so there's a genetic component involved in that as well and also they found that another causal factor is actually stress yeah the relationship of stress in a person's life mm-hmm. and their likelihood to become addicted you want to speak to that a little bit yeah definitely you know stress you know as i said earlier is a problem with thinking Okay, mm-hmm. people who stress that get into stress are people who live in the past or in the future. In the past, what does that mean to live in the past? That their way of thinking is always connected to something bad that happened to them in the past, and they're always thinking and thinking about it over and over again, overthinking usually. Or they fear the future. 
They're like, oh, what's going to happen if I lose my job? What's going to happen if my daughter doesn't do well in school? What's going to happen if my daughter doesn't have a good marriage? What's going to So they, they think their thinking is so intense so that people get into what we call stress. Okay. Yeah, and it looks like uh, with, with, what, in the last 30 years, the, yes. um, the scientific study of stress's mm-hmm. impact on the body and the brain, and particularly in relation to addiction, there's an actual, mm-hmm. so the more stressed out you are and the more that you're not handling your stress in a productive and positive way, yeah. this actually works directly in your midbrain, triggering the release of cortisol mm-hmm. and other uh, chemicals that are key to neurological ingredients that are found in depression and addiction. So yeah. this type of stress is actually generating this biological response in the midbrain, yeah. and this makes the person even more sensitive yeah. to uncontrolled cravings for the mm-hmm. addictive substances. Yeah. Because yeah, of those. Because the, the, yeah. The issue here is people, people, you know, we live in a society where, you know, um, we are all set to, to actually behave in a certain way. And especially into, you know, one thing that is very important that I need to mention, mm-hmm. I have seen, you know, um, two, two kind of in my own experience, because I'm speaking from experience. Here. Right. Um, I was, you know, in my experience in Africa, I have rarely seen people who get into uh, depression. Mm. Very rarely, you know, almost none. Especially in my uh, in the environment that I live in in the village. Mm-hmm. But um, the problem with the society, you are put in a situation where you have to work to make a living, and and. And you, you put yourself in a situation where you are, you have to consume and, and that is a major part of it. And you know, you cannot sustain your life if you don't have income coming and you have to get in debt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That in itself, that actually social condition mm-hmm. is actually one of the factors that play a lot into stress. Right. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Yeah. I have seen Africans coming here as immigrants and they completely get into depression after six months. And I, I ask, have you ever been into that kind of mode already? No, never. Because the way the social economic system is set up is very, very, very hard for people who haven't lived in that kind of environment to actually adapt. Very hard. You know, I've, I, it's a very, very interesting point. I, heard, I was just talking to my wife about this today. My wife's Korean. Uh, the phenomenon of North Koreans becoming, uh, escaping and coming over as refugees into the South. They give them six months. So they actually set up, they set up little villages or mock villages of like a, like a, a, a small city. Yeah. And the North Koreans have to learn all about money and how to use it and, and they have to learn how to actually think on their own and do things on their own. So that mm-hmm. before they let them actually go into, say, like a city like Seoul, right, to try to get a job and earn a living. And in some cases, some of the refugees find it so difficult, even though they speak in the same language, of course, there's a strong accent, but mm-hmm. they find it so 
culturally so difficult because there's, there's so much disconnection compared to the, of course, the authoritarian culture is very controlled, but people were much closer together and much more supportive, you know, under maybe not the best kind of circumstances, but being left on their own and trying to make it on their own and not necessarily finding close friends and being connected in the way they felt the connection with family back in North Korea. Some of them felt like they, they, even though they didn't want to go back, they felt like they, it was better for them there because they, they, they had a certain kind of stress, but a different kind of stress was upon them now. That's kind of what you're talking about? Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. And, and one major thing about it is what we call loneliness. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because when you get into loneliness, um, you know, because you are in an environment where you cannot connect mm-hmm. with people as you, you know, to fulfill that, that emotional need, then you will start seeking it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and if you don't find anything, then, then, then you will actually get into, okay, maybe I should take alcohol to have some moment. Maybe I should get into drug. Maybe I should get into anything else. Mm-hmm. So this is where this is directly linked. So stress is, you know, definitely mm-hmm. linked to, to the addiction issue. Yeah. Now, um, what is, what can we, how people actually, you know, how, what is the most effective way to deal with stress? Basically, in a very challenging society like America? You see, that's the question. Yeah. Because it's not just an individual <laughs> choice. You are, you are put in a, in a system, mm-hmm. you know, social economic system where you, <laughs> you know, the expectation for you to, you know, to produce mm-hmm. resolve is so high. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And if you don't properly, you find yourself in a very difficult situation. So my, my suggestion to people in general is you know what? Find a community, go to church, right? Mm-hmm. Find a community, go to church, go to the mosque if you have a mosque community, and get into some kind of practice, spiritual mm-hmm. practice with your mm-hmm. community, because that will actually empower you to actually deal better with the weekly stressful life. Because you can't do much about that. That's how the system is set already. So you can actually have friendship, you can have community, and then you have a support system from that community to deal better with these kind of uh, issues. So not mostly what we're doing with the African immigrant now, Mm -hmm. we have have actually community, then when they come, they find themselves into a kind of environment where we, we actually plug them in, where they can actually enjoy life in connection with some of the people who come from their country. Well, that's, that's very good. I, I, uh, there's a program I haven't participated in, and I wanted to ask you if you have. I don't know if you have, uh, and if you, if you have, in fact, to what degree you have, but there's this program called High Noon, which is a, a, a program that's uh, supposed to help people uh, overcome the problem of addiction to pornography. Have you attended any of those programs or spoken to any of the leaders of the program? I have spoken lengthily with the leaders. For sure, I did not attend fully. Okay. Uh, one of them was in uh, Las Vegas one. I was just like there uh, momentarily because I had other things to do. But I spoke with the one person that was very close to me and mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lengthily spoke about it. I think it's a highly, highly uh, valuable program. Yeah. So I would like to, let, let's kind of like, uh, let's try to bring 
bring this uh, a couple of points mm-hmm. more clear for our listeners here. What what does that program say as to why an individual ends up getting addicted to it? I, I think from what you and I have talked about so far, we can see there's no one answer, and it's actually quite complex. It's complex, yeah. There's a biological yeah. aspect, there's an emotional aspect, there's a yeah. cognitive aspect, and there's a spiritual exactly. aspect. So yeah. what makes a person, you know, because I think without really – understanding each individual's particular case, I think it's really hard to, to address the issue of recovery. You know? So yeah. go, go, could you speak to that a little even bit? In a, even in a medical world, mm-hmm. um, it is still like very difficult to mm. just blankly say this is the exact reason why people are getting addicted because there are many factors right. into it. Which you so discussed. High, so coming back to Heinen, which is a great program, I think the Heinen program focuses more on recovery mm. than, the, than the causes itself, than the cause, than the root cause. I, you know, what I, my experience with it is the recovery, which, which actually um, make a big deal out of the of vulnerability first. You know, people having the ability to be authentic into what they're dealing with, what they're struggling with. Because also we're in the culture of, you know, shame, shame and guilt culture, right? Mm-hmm. Where when you say, oh, you know what, I've been addicted to porn for three years, people are like, oh, really? Oh my gosh. Um, but actually what High Noon helps you with is to actually allow, create an environment where you can be vulnerable and authentic and talk about it very um, you know, very, without, being, without feeling like that you're going to be rejected or judged or condemned, which is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is I think there is an aspect of accountability into it. So when you are in your recovery process, you are working with a counterpart to help you through because that's also very essential. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think those two things can actually uh, help people actually uh, you know, address the issue more deeply. But um, one thing that is very important mm-hmm. about that is, you know, as we said earlier, basically, if you do, you can do anything to recover. But reality is a lot of people jump back into it after a few years. And they re- one of the reasons why they jump back into it is because they're they sometimes face challenges about life mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe death of a loved one, you know, not feeling loved and appreciated anymore, loss of job and, and um, you know, or maybe some kind of uh, trauma, trauma that they go through for certain things. The, the, the question is, Jack, mm. how do you deal with issues that you can't do much about. Yeah, and like you, like we're saying, if you if you try to do this by yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, a lot of the problem with uh, traditional recovery programs is that once the person has established a routine in a mm-hmm. in a a setting in which they have full support, yeah, then when they go back into a different environment and yeah. they are they are uh, put into a situation to have to deal with these stressors once again in their life, 
yeah. that they didn't say for that 40 days or three months, whatever, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, how they meet those stressors and what kind of support system they have in place uh, plays a large part, I think, if I hear you right, about the decisions they're going to make about how to deal with those things. Yeah. I think that's where the, that's where the, the issue is. Um, people who recovered, okay, um, the potential to actually get into it is still there. And, that, and the reason for that is people need to be, to be trained, people need to be trained to actually uh, connect to their deeper self. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? So that when they go low, when life take them into, when life give them lemon, right. they can turn them into lemon juice, <laughs> you know, and uh, and sell it you know, to other people. Uh-huh. They don't take those lemon and start throwing and everybody around, you know. <laughs> so I think that's really what we need to help people with, to actually learn to be in touch with their authentic self. Mm-hmm. That's where the deepest joy is, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's where your strength is. That's where your power is. And then you can be able to, um, to overcome anything that is coming on your way. It's not easy. I'm not saying, oh, just, it just happened like that. It takes practice, but it takes also somebody else who, you, you know, who went through it. Mm-hmm. And actually, can, that's people we call wise people. Mm-hmm. And they can actually hold your hand and then you can walk together, you know. So, so that's why I think like in our society, we, mo- we need more and more elders in our mm-hmm. society mm-hmm. who can stand strong as example to actually hold young people's hands um, to actually, as Matthew Fox says earlier in his quote, we need more elders who can actually uh, who understand the meaning of life who understand why we exist, who understand who they are, who actually were able to process their pain, their loneliness, their difficulties, and then they can hold young people hand into the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think it's very important. So I think, you know, going back to what you were saying about the high noon program, the, the aspect of, and AA does this too, there's mm-hmm. a connection with a group of people who, there's a vulnerability and there's a trust level yeah. between people so that people can open up yeah. and share. And then uh, once they can do that, then they can actually begin to meet, you know, themselves at, at a different level. Cause you know, in my own experience in my own life, if, if we're not really honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like if we make excuses and we, we lie, yeah. then this is like, you know, like for the addict, right? Like, I yeah. mean, how many addicts do we hear about? Uh, I'm not an addict, you know, I'm just a social yeah. drinker or, or I, I watch pornography, but I can, I, I can not watch it anytime I want. Or yeah. I smoke dope, but I can stop anytime that I want. But in mm-hmm. some cases, people who say that they're friends and know that they, actually they can't, right? So yeah. they're not really being honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting in terms of, you know, psychological development. I mean, I, I've, I, I've had friends of mine, I've watched alcohol ruin a close friend of mine's. He lost his wife. Mm. He lost his children. Mm. And he eventually lost his life. Yeah. And it, uh, at, 
at the point where the addict is most in trouble, they actually can think of nothing but themselves. It's like yeah. a little child. It's mm -hmm. just all about me and my needs and how I feel. Yeah. There's no there's no moving up to any higher level. Yeah. So I've seen these shows, you were mentioning in the beginning, I've seen, there, there was a show on, I, I don't think it's on anymore, maybe as reruns, but it was called Intervention. Yeah. And, you know, families were, their, their uh, parents would call professionals in to try to get someone to come to a treatment center because they knew if they didn't, mm -hmm. that that person was going to die. Mm -hmm. It was that ba bad. Bad, wow. And I'll tell you, they had to come with, they didn't come with the police most of the time, but they came with, if it was a man, they came with some pretty big fellas. Mm -hmm. because. In most of the shows I saw, these people were at this egocentric level. It was like they couldn't see beyond their own self. Yeah. They couldn't connect with, they couldn't, they couldn't care enough about their family. They couldn't care enough about the groups of people that they had made relationships with. They yeah. only could think about their own needs. Yeah. And of course, this, we now know this is also being reinforced biologically in the brain. Yeah. So, uh, there's for for recovery to take place someone has to be in, at a place where they're actually they, they've gained the capacity to mm -hmm. actually care about someone else besides themselves otherwise like these people just would refuse to go they yeah. just wouldn't go they won't right they won't. even though they, they might die yeah they might right? yeah and 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 um you know as you said one thing is is they, they, it's the fact that they can be honest with themselves. That's 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 right. very key yeah. uh, mm -hmm. uh, element. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect of it is, you know, the process of recovery is painful. Mm -hmm. It's very painful. Even thinking about it, that they're going to go through pain to recover, it's something that actually they don't want to do. Right. They, they might want they might want to to get you know to get into recovery mode hundred percent. But when they think about the process, how painful it will be for them, they don't really want to do it. So they rather die, you know. They rather die than just going through the painful process of recovery. And that's where they need a lot of support, right? Because that, it, that, it, it, exactly. it may seem to be overwhelming the the yeah. the idea of getting like. You, you could have, I mean, a person who may, may, who may be, well, has been involved in addiction for a while, they could have, they have other problems in their life just besides that addiction, right? Like, for yeah. example, a gambling like, addiction. Like we all do, you know, in certain yeah. extent. But when addiction comes in and then add it into that, and it, it actually kind of multiply by 100 all your other, you know, weird behaviors, you know. Right. There's, there's, like an, there's like an interior dimension to the addiction and there's an exterior, like gambling, right? For example, uh, I, I, read, I, I know some gamblers, but I don't, I don't know personally any compulsive gamblers who have exactly. ruined their life. But, so it's not just the gambling, but the gambling also means they've lost their finances. It also yeah. means they can, they can end up getting divorced. It also yeah. means they're not there for their children. It also yeah. means they have additional stress. So yeah. it's not, the addiction actually covers many different uh, dimensions of their life. It's not just the addiction itself. So I think mm -hmm. to, to really have a comprehensive recovery, 
we, we really need to be well informed about all these dimensions and how they're affected and, yeah. and then how they can be addressed if a person's really going to want to have a, a long-term recovery process. Exactly. And, and then from a spiritual sense, you, mm -hmm. know, you know, addiction actually means in simple term that you are no longer in control of your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That something else is controlling you. That's, that's crazy. Right. You know, and, and that's why people need help. That's they, true, yeah. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. Don't fool yourself. You can't. No. Yeah. You have to actually be honest and vulnerable and open yourself so that a higher power can come mm -hmm. and, and actually help you through. You yes. Know? And, um, and then that higher power can, power can work through other people. Mm -hmm. So then you can actually then then you can actually start walking with them to actually get to a certain level. So I'm not a big fan of medication. Mm -hmm. I think that's I'm not saying it is absolutely uh, wrong. No, I think to a certain extent people might need it. Mm -hmm. Okay, but eventually they have to actually uh, go through the behavioral treatment. Mm -hmm. I think that has more you know, it's more healthier and I think effective than just getting drug to uh, recover and, uh, and have some kind of side effect later into your brain or body or something like that. Right. Well, that's a, uh, that's a, you know, that's a very controversial area yeah. uh, to that. That's, you know, in, in the world of recovery mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of debate going on about that. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. I, I think that, well, um, it looks like we're coming up on the clock, Dr. Kone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, sure. uh, we, uh, obviously I, th I think if anything I I've taken away from our discussion is that mm -hmm. there is no cookie cutter explanation to why someone gets involved in an, in an addiction yeah. and yeah. that, uh, addiction is very complex. It has multidimensional mm -hmm. factors that need to be addressed. And that mm -hmm. there needs to be a, a support system in place, and it needs to be a, a and it needs to be addressed in all these dimensions. So, yeah. uh, I think for our listeners, we're going to uh, on the archives on our landing page for our podcast, we're going to provide some some links to some books and also some programs for okay. those who might know friends who need some help, or if any listeners actually need some help themselves. And also, uh, we'll put a link on there for your book too, Dr. Kone, because it's not. Yeah. It's not directly addressing addiction in, it, in and of itself, yeah. but it actually is, is touching upon these principles that we're talking about in terms of how to live a fuller and richer life and to have peace within yourself. Yeah, and, and then, and then we, uh, I do have a program, um, that personal development program that touches very clearly into some of those issues that people who really need it, they might be, it might be very helpful. Uh, I have seen some people who, definitely get so transformed yes after, you know going through it yeah. yeah so we'll make sure we put that link on there too so okay great well we're uh, you know the clock is on us again like i said so we're going to have to come to the end of our show we want to thank our our listeners for tuning in tonight and we we really hope that uh what we've talked about tonight will inspire you give you insight and hopefully it's entertained you a little bit as well and educated you and uh, we wish the best for you and look forward to you to tune into our next episode. Thank you very much and good night. Good night, Dr. Kone.
Good night, Jack, and see you again. Good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified about any upcoming episodes. And please take a moment to leave a positive review on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share it with your friends. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website, transformyourlifepodcast.com, for previous podcasts. And check us out on Facebook and Twitter too, at Transform Your Life Podcast. Join us next time for another edition of Transform Your Life, the Unificationist Podcast. This has been a PR web design production. Thanks so much for listening.